2: You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your hosts, Maddie Mack, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gabbard.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Grinding True Crime Podcast. I will be your host today, My name is Gabby, and we have with us today our narrator,
0: Maddie Mack,
1: and the other host of the show, Todd Fox. So today, Maddie is going to have a story for us, but before we begin, we want to remind you guys, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook under Grinding Through Crime, and then if you listen to your podcast through any of the other means, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. If you are out of the country, you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And... We have merchandise for those of you that do not know. You can go to redbubble.com and type in Todd Fox 80 and you can so help us, uh, you know, support the, the page, the group with any merchandise that you might like from the website. And always we want to remind you that listener discretion is advised because we do get into details about these stories and some might be a little traumatizing or inappropriate for children. So before we get into that, Maddie had something to share with us.
0: Yes, I do. Two things. Number one, don't forget to leave a five-star liking on our page. We greatly appreciate that. And also, we added a new feature. If you guys want to support us, we, uh, we just created a Cash App account. And it goes. Uh, the proceeds goes to us to continue to make more content to, uh, to entertain you guys. So if you would like to support our Cash App information is dollar sign grinding true crimes that's dollar sign g-r-i-n-d-i-n-g-t-r-u-e-c-r-i-m-e-s grinding true crime that's dollar sign grinding true crimes if you like to support us okay with that all being said
2: oh we should we should give some shout outs i'm sorry i was gonna say we should give some shout outs for uh donations if they want to help the cause on the next
0: absolutely gym. if you guys do give us donation we do we, we would definitely give you a shout out as well as if you like for us to talk to you talk about a story you guys want to hear we'll also give you a shout out as well um, with that all being said okay it's time for me to break down this story this story um, the, the the topic the person of this story is pretty high profile um, one of the victims was uh, very high profile, and I'll get into that. Yeah, the killer's name is Andrew Cunanan. Are you familiar with this person Todd?
1: No, but it sounded funny. Sorry. It reminded me of
0: something. <laughs> it reminds you of what?
1: Something.
0: Uh, you know, have you heard of uh, Andrew Cunanan?
2: Yes. Yes, but but you not know. Not, too, not too much, though, but I do know of him, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, well, we're going to get into this story. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about Andrew Cunanan. It's probably going to be a one-parter, not too much, uh, not too long, the story, but definitely something that's uh, high profile, uh, one of a very prominent, uh, very high-profile cases, a serial killer. But without further ado, let's get into this. Andrew Cunanan was the youngest of four kids born to Modesto Cunanan, Filipino stockbroker who was serving in the Navy for the U.S. during Vietnam, during his birth, and his mother, Marianne Scilacci, who was an Italian-American. Mm-hmm. Andrew was born on August 31st, 1969, in National City, California. You know where that's at, Todd?
2: Yeah, just uh, below San Diego, close to the border. You
0: know it. Nice little area in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Have you been? Have I you?
1: think I've only passed through there. I don't think I've actually Wait, didn't we stay there?
0: Um, uh, We probably did. Nice little area.
2: Yeah, I think you guys mentioned that on the, the Dorner story about the uh, cop killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was down there, too.
0: Yeah. Nice little area. You know, if you guys never been there, it's a nice little area. Mm-hmm. Now, his family wasn't really wealthy. However, uh, his mom's dad, his grandfather, had donated or well, loaned them some money So that they can live in a nice little suburb area so remember their family's not wealthy at all he didn't grow up in wealth he just had a grandfather that that hooked him up Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh andrew really didn't have have it tough as a kid in fact his family did everything they could for him so that they he didn't have to grow up like they did his father was immigrant um his his mother was italian-american but his family, her family was immigrant, so they didn't want Andrew to grow up the way they did with the struggle. So they did everything they could to provide for him. I mean, I didn't have to grow up like that, but I don't, you know, a lot of people probably, you know, had immigrant family. I know my wife, wife you know, yeah. your family, so.
1: me too. Yeah, I barely got my citizenship.
0: Yeah, my grandparents, so, uh, you too. know, the struggle was probably. Yeah, the struggle—the struggle was probably real for them, uh, for Andrew growing up. Mm-hmm. So, he was attending um, Bonita Vista Middle School, which is a public school in the district, the public school district in uh, Chula Vista. And in 1981, his, par- his parents decided to enroll him to a private school named the Bishop School, and that is an independent private school. Now you know
1: That's religious.
0: Um, it wasn't religious, but it was like, uh, most of the private schools are kind of religious, but I believe this one was just an impen- independent for a high learner, wealthy, wealthy kids. Yeah. So, so
1: grandpa paid to enroll him
0: there. Well, his family actually did it, but oh. they struggled. It, it, oh, it, man. it cost them a lot because they wanted him to, you know, have a better life than they did. Now you're familiar with private schools, right Todd?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Mostly for privileged kids.
0: You
1: Were you preppy, Todd?
2: Heck no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: Todd grew up in the hood.
2: Yeah, I, I grew up in Inglewood, man. So there was no, I didn't know what a prep school was until I was out of high school.
1: <laughs> I never went to one, but I've seen them. <laughs> I
0: kind of went to a private school. It wasn't really, it wasn't private, but the school we went to, it was a magnet school. So it seemed private, but it wasn't. But uh, it, it it
2: was a pretty nice school. I remember playing but, a private school in football, like our team versus theirs, and I remember uh-huh. just how like how loud we were and undisciplined, and they were like uh, like a military already, and they were talking about really? way more important things than football, and we were just trying to make like make sense of things. So yeah, I was like, okay, mm. these guys think they're so smart, huh? <laughs> 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 Let's knock them out. Get you up they butt. Uh. We barely beat them. Wow. <laughs> and they and, and they, they looked like a bunch of like roided out band players. Like they weren't even like that good, but Dang. they were a little bit smarter than we were.
0: So their IQ is what really kept them in the game.
2: Pretty much, yeah. All
0: right.
1: All right.
0: Well, speaking of IQ, um, during some of the interviews I watched and, and also looking up online, some of his former classmates and friends described Andrew as a very as a very bright but very talkative person. In fact, he scored a high uh, he scored a very high IQ of what do you think his IQ was?
2: Hmm. Maybe uh shoot, I forgot what what what's the highest high IQ? Probably like a 120. High IQ ranges between
0: high 115 about 130, you know, considered above average.
2: Yeah, I'd say 120. 120 what?
1: 120
0: what do you think I'm going 130 he scored a high IQ of 147 damn yeah so he was very bright and very smart his father instilled a confidence in him at a young age you know because he didn't want his he didn't want him to grow up like he did you know Mm so he instilled a confidence in him at a young age so he was a very confident young man and very smart young man Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah Another thing his friends described him as was a prolific, a very prolific liar. Wow. Being that he was poor, yeah, very prolific. And and you know what? I'm not gonna say I understand why he did it. Yeah, well, in other words, I understand why he did it. I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know it was right for him to do it, but I kind of understand why he did it. If you're around certain people and you don't want them to know about you, what do you normally do?
2: Well, you try to make up something, make yourself better, and lie about your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
1: I would agree. Pretend you're something you're not.
0: Exactly. If you're you, if you're hanging around gangsters, you know you're gonna you're gonna act like you. Oh, okay. You know, I'm gonna act like I'm a gangster too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because he went to a private school, even though he was poor. The majority of his friends were, you know, rich, rich kids, family was wealthy. So he used that to an advantage. He would lie uh, about his family, uh, lie about stories about his family. He would lie about his personal life. And uh, he he was very good at it, very good at it. His, his friends believed a lot of the things he told them. So
1: Well, they had no reason not to if he was there with them.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, he was a very confident young man, so his friends believed everything he he was, he was would tell them about his family and personal life. They described him as a charmer and a very manipulative person, able to adapt and change his appearance to whatever he felt was attractive or the best thing in that moment. Hmm. Sounds interesting, huh?
2: Yeah, he's a chameleon.
0: Very, very much so. Uh, um, uh, he, uh... I was looking at an interview. He was described as very. Uh, he had a nice physique. He had a nice look to him. So, he uh, he took that. He had an advantage of that, you know. And then he was different. You know, he was a mixed person. You know, Filipino and uh, Italian American descent. So he had a different look to
2: him. I'd say so. That's a, that's a not the usual mixture of uh, cultures. Yeah.
1: Especially with Italian. Italians tend to stick with Italian.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. one
1: of his uh, he had a he
0: had a very close friend in in uh, high school. Her name was uh, Elizabeth. You're gonna remember that name,
2: okay?
0: Uh, Yeah, her name was uh, Liz. They called him. He called her Liz. But remember that name. Um, what do you think Andrew identified as?
2: Uh, close friend, a woman. Very unique uh, racial background. Mm, high IQ. Where
0: are you going with this, Doc?
2: No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I mean, because eccentric. So maybe he's he identifies as probably gay. Persuasion, maybe.
1: Okay.
2: What do you
1: think? What do you think, Doc? I don't know. It- I'm gonna go with maybe he's bi. He's very self-centered.
0: That's a good answer. Very
1: cocky, um, arrogant.
0: Very good answer. All of those are true. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Andrew identified as a gay man in high school. Now, this is some of the things that he was doing in high school. He would use his uh, he would use his confidence and lying abilities to get what he wanted. And he would do this by having liaisons with older, wealthy, rich folks, older rich, uh, older wealthy, rich men mm. wow. in high school. Mm-hmm. So he was having sexual encounters at a young age, just to you know, just to get by, to get what he wanted. So
1: he get money
0: from them. Uh, pretty much they took care of him. Wow!
1: So
0: he had sugar daddies. He had sugar daddies.
2: That's the thing in the in the gay community, or at least like when they're younger um older men really gravitate to younger either boys or men Mm -hmm. so if you're a good looking young man man like especially between like 18 and 20 because i'm not going to go the route of underage but like it is in the story but like if you're older like usually you can get a 50 year old sugar daddy a lot easier than a than a straight man or straight boy or you know straight young man trying to get a sugar mama basically
0: exactly you know you, you you hit the nail on the coffin. I don't know what it is about that but you know I don't know, you know, I guess I I don't know. I'm not, you know, in that community but I see that frequently that younger men are I guess a, a, a attraction to older uh, gay men.
2: Yeah, my my niece had a friend that she went to high school with and he when he was like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. he, he he looked like a model and uh, but he was gay but he he pulled in like 40 and 50 year old rich guys to pay for everything like he didn't have to pay for nothing
0: i mean hey i yeah yeah i wouldn't do that that's not my thing but i'm not mad at him you know he took advantage of his his charm his good looks and got what he wanted
2: he did the same thing any other female would do with a heterosexual man so you exactly
0: know. yeah so you know, what do they say? Don't hate the player, hate the game.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <Well>.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, now, after graduating the uh, uh, after graduating high school in nineteen eighty seven, he yeah. attended uh, UC San Diego and he majored in American history. Well than
2: nineteen eighty
0: seven, in nineteen eighty eight. Say that
2: one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just wondering why he picked American history of all things.
0: I don't know, but he majored in that.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. But, you know, he could have majored in anything, you know, he was very smart, but uh, that was his major. Okay. In 1988, famous year of me, I was born. Mm-hmm. His father <laughs> left him at the age of 19. He left him and his whole family. And the Ooh. reason and the reason why he left was because he didn't want to, he he wanted to avoid embezzlement charges, so he went back to his home country of the Philippines and stayed there for the remainder of his years. jeez i mean what 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 would you do you know would you face those charges or take the high road out i
2: don't know it's a tough one because if it's like serious embezzlement you're gonna go to jail for quite some time unless you have a good lawyer so he Mm -hmm. he was probably thinking okay i lose out my family either way but at least if i go back to the philippines i don't have to be in jail i mean that that'd be my only logic that's true
0: that's true. I mean, he was a stockbroker, so. Yeah, he could Yeah. Yeah. He, no telling what kind of, how much time he would have been serving. That's but a
1: risky job, I've, I've noticed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, so you're right, Todd. He could have been facing a lot of jail time because it, Yeah, you can. You, that's serious. That's serious. Yep. yep. So to avoid that, he went back to the Philippines. Okay? That same year, things started to. I wouldn't say change for Andrew, but things just got a little more intense for him. Um, after his dad left, Andrew would frequently go to local gay clubs and local gay restaurants. And um, his mother found out. And his mom is very religious.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. They didn't say what religion she is, but she was very religious.
1: They to be Catholic.
0: Yeah, probably. More than likely. And... <laughs> Italian. Sorry. Keep that's true. That's true. And when she found out, what do you think
2: happened? Uh, Probably booted out the house. Because we're talking Good. late 80s, right? Uh, this
0: is uh late, late 80s? Yeah. yeah just, late 80s.
2: They, that, they weren't letting that fly back then, that's for sure. No. No, no.
1: I think she cried, beat him to a pulp. I don't know if she threw him out. I don't
0: think so. Their dad's gone. Yeah. Well, there was some throwing involved. ball. Oh, she
1: threw stuff at him. <laughs> no. No?
0: He threw her. What? What? During an argument, Andrew threw his mom against the wall, dislocating her shoulder.
2: <gasps> Ooh. Ow. And then he left. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, that's not cool. Yeah. Not cool. But
0: it was said that later examination of his behavior indicated that he may have suffered from antisocial personality disorder characterized by a lack of remorse and empathy.
1: That is really confusing, given the type of guy he was.
2: That's what examination played. I
1: didn't notice anything antisocial about him.
2: That is kind of weird too cuz what well, cuz usually with a high intellect like that and then you got the antisocial behavior that's wow. You're well, blessed I, you're blessed and cursed.
0: Yeah, I was going to say maybe he probably did because in high school, you remember he had to lie to get where he wanted. So
1: Yeah, but he was he was still a sociable person. He was he was lying to fit in or because he was so smart to feel better than everybody else, but he didn't seem like most of the ones we talk about. They're like retracted, have no friends, complete loners. That's anti social. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, who knows? You know, this, this was after high school. So who knows what he was going through in college. You know, he, he probably was anti social in college. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially especially like you said, Todd, this was the late eighties. Gays was not tolerated back then. So To have that lifestyle it wasn't like he could publicly be free and say hey you know look at me i'm happy you know it it was frowned upon back then so he had to hide that for a while Mm
2: -hmm. yeah this is this is like very behind closed doors Mm -hmm. back then you know what i mean like you didn't flaunt it like you do now
0: exactly exactly so that probably led to his uh disorder jeez yeah so in 1989 Andrew dropped out of UC San Diego and settled in the Castro district of guess where San Francisco, California, Mm -hmm. the center of gay culture. And he, he moved in with his best friend, Elizabeth and her boyfriend, Phil Merrill.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. in with her and
0: her boyfriend. He moved in with her and her boyfriend.
1: I have a bad feeling about that one.
2: Well, it's it's interesting because from what I know from like the, 80s and 70s like the 80s Miami's gay scene was just starting to catch fire down there but for the most part Frisco had had a pretty steady acceptance or at least somewhat of a tolerance or a gay community itself from like the early to mid 70s Mm. so I mean they they were more progressive I think because of all the liberals and then also the Woodstock rejects all went over there so everyone's like, yeah, hey, it's cool, man. Just smoke some pot. Be gay if you want. It's cool. <laughs> so, like, they really didn't care, you know.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, going on in his adult life. Now, he's in San Francisco. But like uh, like I mentioned, the, the center of the gay culture. Mm. And there, he continued to practice his 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 uh, lifestyle of befriending wealthy men and older men and having them taking care of him. In fact, he even got into the, uh, uh, the, he got into creating violent pornographic videos with these men as well. Violent, violent. I don't, it doesn't describe how violent or what is described as violent, but I guess we can use our imagination and, and, assume what those videos consisted of
2: yeah like look to each his own or to her own but like when we talked about on a on a sports show we do about like trevor bauer beating his the girl or and it being consensual because it it eventually was through the court system they found it was consensual really yeah some women like to get beat some men like to get beat it's one thing to do the whole whipping thing and the whole, you know, like leather stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm just not with the whole excessive choking and the 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 actual fist to the face. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. see how you can get anything sexual out of that unless you're imagining yourself <laughs> physically raping and trying to kill the person and to me that's that's, that's I, not going to get my rocks off. Just, I, just-
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Some people get get that 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 sexual high off of getting slapped or Getting choked—it's kind of like that story with um, what you call it? Jeff did, you know, when the the guy would choke his victim. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you but know, I mean, it, but I mean, like, look, let's be honest—we're adults here, right? Okay. You, you might you might want a a choke here and there. I mean, something light. But I mean, not to the point where you're like turning blue, you know, or <laughs> you're off me, you or know, me-
1: your life splashing before
2: you're <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or, or if, or, you know, maybe a slap yeah. in the face, like who's your daddy or something like that. But I mean, like, <laughs> but a backhand or, or, you know, someone calling you the B word, punching you in the face. I'm like, uh, it's not for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got you spitting on people. Yo, I got you. I got <laughs> you. I
1: <don't> understand that. <laughs> I
0: agree with what you said. I probably it's feel like that would be It's like a psychedelic, I don't know, I guess it, they try to see things that they watch. All on. I know if you try something like that with me, then I'll knock you out. <laughs> I right if
1: I try something like that on you, run. Yeah.
2: You guys better come up with some safe words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, <laughs> a peanut. Peanut. <laughs> oh,
0: inside a joke.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So uh, yeah, so he he would create violent uh, pornographic videos with the. Uh, I guess I I wouldn't say victims because you know his his uh, his partners at the time. His mm-hmm. sugar daddy. His sugar daddy. He would uh socialize in the Hillcrest and uh, La La Jolla neighborhoods of San Diego, La Jolla—I Jolla, say Joyla, huh? <laughs> La Jolla neighborhoods of San Diego, as well as Scottsdale, Arizona. That's funny because what? we frequently go to Scottsdale.
1: How do you go from down there to Scottsdale?
0: Well, here's why. He was apparently living off these wealthy pe- wealthy men, but he also had—he um, was also dealing in drugs. Mm. <laughs> such as opioids cocaine marijuana and he used several aliases to get by so he also went by andrew da silva andy cummings drew Cunningham, kurt matthews damaris he had all kind of yeah <laughs> all kind of names <laughs> i know why my wife is laughing you know andy cummings oh jeez <laughs> yeah 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 get your <sighs> <mind>
2: up <laughs> who's the immature one here no i was kidding <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's good
1: it's the emphasis he puts on the name <laughs> well you know
0: i'm just trying to pronounce the name right you know you yeah know, so, so listeners
2: can listen
1: i'm not the same a, <laughs> a- <laughs>
2: <laughs> all i'm saying all i'm saying is i know why oh, he's got still the drugs and the old men
1: oh yeah
0: the drugs is for sure heavy over there now if he have said ukiah i'd have been like yep i didn't know that oh you guys have Oh Scottsdale, yeah, yeah, Arizona. There's there's a lot of
2: old men over there because of all the golf courses and stuff. Same with La Jolla Mm -hmm. and all that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he knew where to go. He knew where to go. He knew exactly where to go, and he
0: knew how to get around. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1990, it was alleged that he had encountered the famous, world famous fashion designer, Gianni Versace. What? Yeah. Supposedly, Versace was in San Francisco in October 1990 uh, for a fitting for costumes he had designed for the San Francisco Opera production of Richard Strauss Capriccio Capriccio Capriccio. There you go. Sorry. That's why we have partners. (laughs) 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 However, families of Versace had allegedly said that that's not true. They never met up, so it did that's what the families of versace said apparent according to uh, andrew supposedly they had met in 1990. uh fast forward to 1995. andrew had met a, a minneapolis architect named david madsen in the san francisco bar they had began a long-distance relationship shortly after but then Madsen ended the relationship of spring of 1999, telling his friends that something seemed shady about Andrew. Ah, he was a smart man. What could it be? Well, we'll get into that. Andrew had told his friends and everybody that Madsen was the love of his life. Could you can imagine that? Hmm. In September of 1996, uh Andrew had uh, met uh Norman Blackford a wealthy older man who was uh supporting him well, basically his sugar daddy but they later broke up as, as well he had maxed out all of his credit cards
1: dang yeah
0: so that's probably that was one of the reasons why they broke up along with his uh, personality traits but yeah Andrew had maxed out his credit card ah, excuse me And uh, there, Andrew's close friend, Jeffrey Trail, a former Navy officer working as a district manager for a propane delivery company, had told his former roommate, Michael Williams, that Andrew had resumed selling drugs. So that was another reason why he had broke up with uh, what Norman had broke up with Andrew. Because of his behavior and also the fact that he maxed out his cards. Would that leave you a reason to break up with someone, Todd?
2: The drug issue?
0: Well, the drug issue and maxing out your card and
2: oh absolutely i think <laughs> just one of those is good enough for me i mean i don't want the any kind of like i don't want to walk to my car and get shot because he's dealing drugs from my house and then my credit card debt man good god my credit score and then everything else forget that
0: <laughs> yeah what about you babe uh, i agree leave you in ruins
1: no way how about it worth
0: it yeah It was also allegedly reported that Andrew started to regularly consume methamphetamine.
2: Okay. Real quick, though, with all the drug use, like it's one thing to be trying to get yourself, you know, a sugar daddy and succeed and not have to work. I get all that. If you could use your looks, your body, whatever to succeed, fine. But it seems to me with his IQ, he's wasting it, especially with the drugs.
1: Absolutely.
2: You would think he'd be like trying to invent something or or be some sort of like uh, surveyor or or just making a having a high profile job. CEO. Yeah, something.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Now, listen to this detailed information that happened of April 1997. I'm going to 97? 1997. We're going to read the uh detailed information that happened. In 1997, friends reported that Andrew was abusing painkillers and was drinking alcohol like there was
2: no tomorrow. Jeez.
0: Later that month, April, he told friends that he was leaving San Diego for Minnesota to take care of some business matters with Jeffrey. That was the Navy officer. Um, and he had recently uh, distanced himself with Andrew. So, uh, Jeffrey had recently distanced himself with Andrew, but he told friends that he was going to go to Minnesota to take care of business with Andrew. With him. Yes. And, uh, not Andrew, uh, Jeffrey expected Andrew to move to San Francisco upon leaving Minnesota. Before Andrew's visit, Jeffrey told his sister that he did not want Andrew to come. A week before, well, a week, well, let me, let me not read that part. Jeffrey told Williams that he had a huge falling out with uh, Andrew and said that I made a lot of enemies this weekend and I've got to get out of here because they're going to kill me. Now, this was Jeffrey telling another friend, uh, a roommate, uh, his roommate, Michael Williams, that he had to get out of here because he felt like they were going to kill him.
2: Wow. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, April 24th. Well, we're going to get to it. April 24th. Andrew and four friends attended a going away party at the Hillcrest, California cuisine, a rare occasion when Andrew did not cover the tab. He had reached his credit card limit on both his credit cards and asked for a credit extension to afford his plane ticket to Minnesota. Upon arriving there the next day, Andrew stayed with Madsen, a mutual friend of his, and Jeffrey's in Madsen's apartment. So remember those names. You have Jeffrey, you have Madsen, and you had William. Okay. Yeah. That night, Andrew and Madison dined at Nye's restaurant and visited the '90s gay club, the uh, the gays '90s uh, nightclub. I'm sorry. On April 26, Andrew stayed in uh, Jeffrey's apartment while Jeffrey was out of town with his boyfriend John Hat Hackett. Okay, you following?
1: Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Who stayed in whose apartment?
0: Okay, on April 26, mm-hmm. Andrew stayed at jeffrey's apartment while jeffrey was not there he was out of town with his boyfriend john hackett okay okay the following afternoon on april twenty-seven, jeffrey told hackett that he needed to have a pretty important conversation with andrew when jeffrey and hackett later returned to the apartment there was no sign of andrew or his belongings Jeffrey left his apartment to see Andrew shortly after 9 p.m. And he was likely let into Madsen's apartment at 9.45. Okay? Yeah, you get that part? Mm-hmm. You guys are understanding a little bit?
1: Yeah, when they came back, Jeffrey was gone. I mean. Yeah,
0: when, when Jeffrey came back to his apartment, Andrew was gone, but he needed to talk to him. So he more than likely thought he was at Madsen's apartment. He went over there. Okay. You guys follow right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because this is where the story begins. The murders. (laughs) Andrews. On April 27, 1997. That's when the killing began. Andrew murdered Jeffrey. uh, After an argument uh, at at, uh, Jeffrey's apartment. Uh, Andrew stole... Uh, Jeffrey's gun and took it to Madsen's apartment so he was at Madsen's apartment but he had stole Jeffrey Jeffrey had a gun but Andrew took it All right. Andrew had rang the bell for uh, for Jeffrey uh, was there waiting for Jeffrey at Madsen's apartment and on arrival what did Andrew do? what do you think? shot him what do you think, Todd? Knifed him? Mm, both wrong. But I would say Todd was closest. He beat him to death with a hammer in front of Mattson.
2: Oh, <gasps> dude. hmm
1: What, well, was Mattson tied up or something? No, he was there. He didn't, he didn't...
0: do anything. Yeah, well, you'll see. On April 29th, one of uh, Madsen's co-workers was concerned about his absence, uh, I'm sorry. One of Matson's uh, co-workers was concerned about uh, Jeffrey's absence from work, so he visited his apartment to check on him. They discovered that they found tra- uh, Jeffrey's body rolled up in a rug and placed behind a sofa. And at 9.55 p.m., that's when his watch had stopped. So he was killed. 10 minutes. Uh, cuz they had met up at 9:45. He went to the apartment at 9:45. He was murdered at
2: 9:55. Damn.
1: What a way to hide a body. Let me roll you up and throw you behind the couch
2: like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably like maybe they won't look behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Second victim
0: <laughs> was David Matz. Of
2: course.
0: You of course. He was 33. Authorities believe Madsen remained in his apartment with with Andrew two days after Jeffrey was killed, as one neighbor witnessed both men in the apartment elevator on April 28th. And another neighbor witnessed the pair walking Madsen's dog on April 29th. Now, if you witness someone being murdered and you're with the murderer, what do you think? Why, why do you think he's still alive?
2: Well, because maybe he promised him he wouldn't tell or something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Pretending he's on his side, being with him, trying to stay alive.
0: True. Or he might have been held hostage. We never know.
1: All I know is that if I was outside walking the dog with him, that would be my chance to get people's attention.
0: I agree. Yeah, if there were the know, case...
2: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, like if he's if you know, if I'm walking the dog and I'm a hostage, unless he has a gun to my like rib cage, I'm all hey, everybody I'm a hostage. I just wanna let you know, help me, please. Be <laughs> screaming something, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm like this that's a little he probably didn't think he was next. He probably thought, Oh, he just had it against him and that's it.
0: Well it doesn't fully say why he was still alive or why he was with the uh, murder or with Andrew but investigators treated Madsen as a suspect in Jeffrey's murder however his family matson family believed that uh, and he was they were insistent that he was held hostage by uh, Andrew so that's what their story is that he was held hostage and therefore he that's why he was around Andrew those few days hmm. You guys think, do you think that's true?
1: I mean, it's possible. I'm just saying if you're out walking a dog and you're held hostage, I mean, come on. I, I, I agree. I mean, who Normally knows? Normally when you're held hostage, there's no way they're going to take you out in public so you can call attention. So that that's a little
2: confusing. I'm thinking Gabby's kind of right. Like, he's he probably witnessed the murder and Andrew probably looked at him like, Are you freaked out by this? And whether he was or not, he played it off like, no, I'm not freaked out about it. And he went about his business thinking that he wasn't going to be next.
0: That's a good point. I think that's two good points. You know, who knows? I don't think if he was held a hostage, you know, did he always have the gun on him at all times? Like, you know, even when walking the dog, did he have the gun behind his back? I I don't know. The story doesn't say, but that's a good point. He might have thought that, you know, hey, if I play it right, maybe I'll be saved. Mm -hmm. So, well, that wasn't the case. On May 2nd, well, I'll read this part. On May 2nd, uh, Madsen and Andrew were seen seen north of Minnesota driving in Madsen's Jeep and eating lunch together at the bar. And the following morning, Madsen's body was found on the east shore of Rush Lake near Rush City, Minnesota. With a gunshot wound to the head and back from a forty caliber Taurus PT one hundred semi automatic pistol. Dude. So he was uh taken out pretty quick.
1: I'm thinking they decided I'm um, this one I'm thinking is that they decided to just be together and he did something to piss him off or got into an argument and he said, You know what? I'm gonna take you out too.
2: Yeah. I I agree. I, I... That sounds like it to me all the way. She's yeah.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I case mean, closed,
2: Gabby. We got that one. That one solved. Case, uh, book a, uh, that <laughs> one's solved. Yeah, that one's <laughs> solved right there. We solved that murder. Gabby did, like, in two seconds.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, now, the next victim, Lee Miglin. On May 4th, uh, Andrew drove to Chicago, Illinois, and killed 72-year-old Lee Miglin, who was a prominent real estate developer.
1: Dang, he was up there in age, so that's sad.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's uh, this victim, and possibly the next victim, if I'm not mistaken. They were random. He didn't. I don't think he knew them. Um, he bound Miglin's hand and feet and wrapped his head with duct tape. Then stabbed Miglin more than twenty times with the screwdriver. Oh dude. Yeah. Now that's painful. But he wasn't done yet. He slit his throat with a hacksaw.
2: Okay, at least that's fast.
0: Hopefully he slit his throat first and then stabbed him, but I don't think that was I don't, I don't think, think that so. was the case.
2: Yeah, you you know what? Oh man, okay. You can endure twenty stabbings with a, a screwdriver, no matter the size of the screwdriver, before you would succumb to like if you were to do knifings of twenty times. Mm-hmm. You dive way faster, obviously, but that just would hurt like hell, like like undescribable pain to be stabbed. You 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 can't block the the moves. I mean, you're you're tied up, like you said. I mean. I think at the point where he actually did slit his throat, he was probably happy at that point. Like, like just mm. put me out of my misery, you know. Just put
0: me on my misery. Yeah, I agree. Right. And then at seventy-two years old, you know, your body, your body's already old, and, and yeah, you know. It,
1: yeah, it don't make sense that you you get a random person and you're gonna slit his throat and then stab him for what?
0: I'm glad you brought that up. What do you think, Todd? Do you think that was random, or do you think?
2: I don't know. It's hard to say with this guy because he doesn't really have an MO. So it's it's hard to Yeah, he's he's all over the place. I, yeah. I I'd have to say it's completely random.
0: Okay. All right. By the way, he also stole his car. Another thing he did. So he you know, stabbed him twenty times, stole his throat and then stole his car. Now, Miglin's family maintained that the killing was random. However, former FBI agent Greg McCary argues that it is unlikely that Andrew would have bound and tortured Miglin without some motive. So his family thinks it's random, but FBI's don't think so. I don't
1: think so either because of the amount of times he, he stabbed him and then still to slit his throat like that. You got some rage in you. You're mad at this person for something.
2: That is true. That is true. I mean, maybe it was That's a true. sexual encounter that didn't go right. I mean, who knows?
0: Uh, yeah, you know what? It could have been that you know, like you said, Todd. Uh, he he might have uh, he might have turned him away. You know, he might have because wa- Andrew used to prey on the older men. He probably threw himself at this guy or, or met online and attempted to get with him, and things didn't happen. So he wanted revenge
2: that's some hella revenge right there though that's that's brutal
0: yeah so and uh investigators noted that miglin's 1994 green lexus uh sedan was missing from his garage and found Madsen's red jeep parked on the street near miglin's house so he had stole Madsen's jeep parked his jeep stole miglin's uh, house and took his car i mean took uh miglin's car and took off
2: Hmm. I don't know, <sighs> just just me. If I'm Andrew, I'm I'm. They call Minnesota the land of a thousand lakes. I would dump that jeep in the lake, steal another car to make it unrelated, then get to Chicago, then swap the car, because otherwise you're just connecting the dots for the police. Now they know a serial killer's on the loose. What do you I think just, about that? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with him, but given the past experiences on police, oh, that's true. <laughs> I
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm giving them way too much credit. You're giving them way <laughs> too. But
1: but
0: Todd, believe it or not, you were onto something because that's how they were able to track him. It says that Nicklin's car was equipped with a uh, with a car phone. Mm. and according to ameritech cellular records it was activated on may 4th in union county county pennsylvania so uh, authorities began to monitor the phone activity and found that it was activated on may 8th in philadelphia and on may 9th near pennsgrove and Garneys point township in new jersey so you were onto something Todd.
2: well i mean we actually did some smart work here that is pretty oh, smart. That's the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because 1994 cell phones, it must have cost like twenty five dollars a minute. You know, to make a phone call. Exactly. Car. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a brick too, dude. That thing was huge.
0: Huge, man. Huge.
2: Like it gave so. instant tumors if you had it on your ear for like more than an hour. <laughs>
0: for real, for real. But uh, credit to the cops for actually following up on this to uh, locate uh, the next activity.
2: So they didn't have no. a southern accent is what you're trying to say.
0: They didn't have a southern accent. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. They, they, was, they were with it.
2: Okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh,
0: no. So, um, remember May 9th, so the next victim actually happened on May 9th in New Jersey of a township, Pence, Penceville Township. On May 9th of Uh, uh, 1994 in Pennsville Township, New Jersey, at Fins Point National Cemetery, Andrew shot and killed 45-year-old cemetery work caretaker, William Reese. Why? Later that day, when Reese did not return home for dinner, his wife visited the cemetery to check on him and found the caretaker's office door ajar with the radio playing inside. That's when she called the police, who the police later found... uh, Reese shot in the head by the same torch pistol Andrew used to kill Madsen. So they know who it was.
1: See that's what I'm talking about. His random killing, he shot him. Yeah. The other guy was not shot. Yeah. He was bound and like brutally murdered. Yeah. And,
0: and that's a good point because uh it mentioned that. It says unlike Andrew's other victim whom he killed for seemingly personal reasons. Authorities believe Andrew murdered Reese simply for his nineteen ninety five red Chevrolet pickup truck. And which he used to drive all the way from New Jersey to Florida.
2: He couldn't just take the mm-hmm. That sucks, man. Like tie yep. the tie the dude up. You know, buy yourself some time. You could have bought himself a few hours and been gone. He didn't have to kill him. That sucks.
0: Yep. Now, this is uh, let's let's look at this here. On May twelfth, Andrew began staying at Normandy Plaza Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida. Mm. That's where he would pay twenty nine dollars a night in cash to stay there. And on June twelfth he was listed as the FBI's ten most wanted fugitive. So you you gotta wait for a while. For a little while.
2: You know what's weird about that though, real quick? You what's can't even that? get parking for twenty nine dollars in Miami for that he's staying there he's staying at the plaza hotel why
1: can't hotels be that much
2: now (laughs) bro $29 a month uh, on the a day sign me up (laughs) exactly i mean they must sprinkle some crack on the couches i mean or something because that can't be the i mean it's got to sound it sounds richie like plaza hotel like from home alone too (laughs) yep but uh yeah okay
0: yeah i mean and then too it's miami bro you know what miami is about
2: it's Fun cool. life,
0: fast life, cocaine. Uh, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So you paying twenty nine dollars a night? It probably was a lot at that time for that area.
2: Probably sit down and cocaine shoots off the couch, <laughs> pops in the air, <laughs> whatever the dust. Man,
0: so yeah, he was listed on ten, uh, top ten most wanted fugitive, and while the manhunt was unsuccessfully focused on. Um, on a uh, stolen truck, uh, Andrew hid in plain sight for a good two months. Wow! Yeah, he used his own name to pawn stolen items on July seventh, despite knowing that the police would routinely review pawn re- shop records. So he was
1: for the IQ he had.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was gambling. He was oh, definitely gambling.
1: That drugs. Yeah. Messed up his brain already.
0: And so on July 14th, he pretty much was out of money. And that's when he finally checked out of the hotel without paying for his last three nights. <laughs> and then his final victim happened to be on July 15th around 8.45 a.m. And we already know, well, we can we can imagine who that victim was. I mentioned his name earlier, who he assumed that he met in 1990. Williams. William. Nope, that would be the most uh, the, the high profile famous designer Gian, Gianni Versace. Yep. Really? Yep. Around 845 a.m. on July 5th, Andrew walked up to Gianni Versace, who had just left a, a restaurant. He got his morning coffee and newspaper. and as he was walking into his uh, mansion, his gated mansion, uh, Andrew walked up behind him and shot him three times right on the front step of his uh, mansion.
1: I had no idea that's what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. So he was shot with the same gun that, that was used to murder uh, Madsen and Reese and a witness, a witness at the time pursued Andrew but was unable to catch him as he fled into a nearby parking garage. And the famous uh, uh, designer, fashion designer, Versace, was pronounced dead at Jackson Memorial Hospital at 9.21 a.m.
1: Wow, I didn't know how he died. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So now, at this time, headlines are everywhere. Cops are on a manhunt. They're looking for this guy. And believe it or not, he was able to get away for a few days. Did you you knew about that part, right, Tom?
2: Mm-hmm. I knew about that part. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we've got a definitely uh, serial killer on the loose, and at this time, uh, cops were definitely trying to catch this this guy. However, now what do you think happened to? Do you think they caught him? What do you think happened? I think he was in plain sight. Sorry. Who? Andrew.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you think, Todd?
2: Well, I know this part, so I won't give it away. Okay. So you know. Okay. Well, on July twenty third, nineteen
0: ninety seven, the cops got a tip that he was hiding out in a luxury houseboat in Miami Beach, after a caretaker reported hearing a, uh, a gunshot.
1: Did he kill himself what a coward
0: after a long stakeout police found the body and they found a man with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head with the same pistol stolen which was uh, jeffrey's uh, gun so they tied all the murders to that same gun including himself he took his life on july 23rd 1997.
1: Yeah, I was... wish a lot of these men who think it's okay to take other people's lives wouldn't be such freaking cowards and face the consequences for what they've done.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I from what I was reading, a story supposedly that uh you know he he envied and he wanted to be like Versace, and he you know I think he said that he was his lover or something like that. So. Uh, you know he saw the opportunity to to get to get him and he did
1: it's just like if, if you're gonna go and kill yourself for killing others why the hell do you even do it in the first place because well i
0: guess, i guess it's a you power
1: to face the consequences
0: I think it's a pride thing or a power tip like you would rather take your own self out instead of being taken out by somebody else like yeah I, I control the narrative. Not you. I'm a controller. So I'm gonna take myself out.
2: Plus you stack the numbers, the more famous you are. You know, like we talked about a lot of these mass murders or serial killers, they they believe their legend will live on. So they stack mm-hmm. the body count and then the ones that like the publicity too much and are self uh, what is it? They they want a self preservation, they'll save their lives just so that they could see the reg uh, the recognition and all the loss and stuff that happens after but you have these ones that'll just kill themselves so yeah so like Maddie said and you said Gabby that want to control the narrative and don't want anyone else to be in control you know take as many people out as possible and then just off themselves no consequences for them
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um the motives, uh, Andrew's uh, re- motivation remains unknown. At the time of the murders, there was extensive public and press speculation linking to the crime that Andrew allegedly discovered that he was HIV positive, although an autopsy revealed that he was HIV negative. So a lot of people were saying that he went on a killing spree because he, you know, contracted HIV. But that was later uh showed that that was false because he was HIV negative. When police searched the houseboat where uh, Andrew died, there was no suicide note left and a few personal belongings. Uh, Investigators noted that Andrew's reputation for acquiring money and expensive possessions from wealthy older men was just one of the things that he enjoyed, but there was no motive linked to the killing of Andrew. I personally just think that he just was I don't know, he's just a sick
1: individual.
2: Yeah, I agree cuz there was a couple of cases like that to where guys got AIDS and they went on a mini killing spree either of former lovers or just men in general. Um so I could see where the police and FBI probably thought that. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense because I don't see what the killings in general other than thrill kills maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, when you look at the guy, he looks—you know—he's got a baby face. You know, he looks mixed for sure. And probably when he was younger, he—he he was, you know, probably the hot guy on the scene for the older men, in the, you know, in that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I just think he just—I don't know. He just was lusting for for power, I guess. You know. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think, Gab?
1: I think his parents got him used to the the high life because they wanted to do more for their children than they had, which they had good intentions. But him seeing himself compared to other people pretending to be that way because he was around those people, but knowing they had nothing... I think it was just a lot of envy and wanting to keep that lifestyle that made him go in that direction to where other people would take care of
0: him. Yeah. What do you think, Todd?
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with that too. Um the money's running out, he's not getting the love like he was before. Maybe his looks were slipping a bit. So you know. Maybe he had an end game. That was his end game. He was gonna go to. He couldn't go no more.
0: Yeah, take out. You know, take out the most powerful. You know, because I don't. I don't think. I think Versace was married, but I believe he was.
2: No, he was. I believe he was homosexual as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he was homosexual. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So you know why not take out one of the most powerful homosexual men at the time? You know, make your name
2: even bigger. in his mind yeah in his mind sort of if he can't can't be with him kill him
0: exactly because in his mind I think he said that uh, well it was said that he was with him but uh, Mm -hmm. his family like you said said that he never met Versace in his life so he might have was dealing with some uh, you know mental issues
2: there's like it's yeah. kind of it's kind of weird. You just um, wish they could have examined his brain like they're able to do now with a lot of mm-hmm. serial killers to see what mm-hmm. makes him tick.
0: Yeah, so. but it sucks, you know, for all the uh, victims that he killed. You know, all of them. Yeah, here are a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But till this day, you know Versace that uh, that brand is uh, more more bigger than ever, more powerful than ever. So. You know, even though Versace's not alive to see it, you know, his brand is is up there. Absolutely. You know, they even make songs about Versace. You know, so uh, unfortunately for for his family, you know, Andrew had to take the victim's life. So, but um, he won't be taking anybody else's life because, uh, like I said, he killed himself. Mm-hmm. So that is the story of Andrew Kunnanen
1: wow well thank you for giving us this story today our usual introductor (laughs) 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 so this was our show for tonight everybody uh the story of what baby? say it because i know i'm gonna mess it up andrew kunanan yes thank you so much for relating it it was quite interesting and i i learned some stuff i had no idea that this was the person who killed Versace. Yes, it is. But to end our show tonight, we just want to remind you guys and thank you for listening to us on a regular. We want to remind you guys where you could find us. Look for us on Instagram or Facebook, Grinding True Crime, and listen to us through your podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And those of you out of the country, we appreciate the love we get from you guys as well. Um, you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Also, for merchandise to support our show, go to redbubble.com and type totbox 80. And, babe, the new one.
0: Yes. So, once again, we created a cash app out, cash app, a link. So, if you guys want to support us and support the show, you can uh, send uh, donations to dollar sign grinding true crime on Cash App we greatly appreciate it and once again as always leave a five star liking on our page it would help boost our ratings so with that all being said this was your narrator for today
2: Maddie Matt
1: <laughs> and your host for today Gabby along with the other hosts of the show
2: Todd Fox and we Gabby. are signing
1: off
2: y'all come back now here. <laughs>